Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Insider, brought to you, as usual, by Vanishing Inc. My guest today can count among his fans magicians like Harrapin Ong, Richard Griffith, Ricky Smith, Christian Grace, Hector Chadwick, and of course, the VI team. He's a big hitter on Instagram with over 15,000 followers. He's known there as Slightly Obsessed. It's Andrew Frost. Andy, how are you this morning? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm lovely, thank you very much. Thank you for taking the time to do this. What's your origin story? You've got 28 seconds. Uh, I found the Royal Road to Card Magic in a bookshop at 19, uh, and then the obsession started, and then from there on it was just loved Card Magic. Instagram, eh? Um, Mm. When and why did you get into posting stuff there? I... Initially, I think when I started it, I was maybe like two, three years into magic and Mm -hmm. I didn't post anything at all. I was just a consumer of it. And then I just decided to start start posting and people seemed to enjoy what I did. And then it kind of continued from there. I like I, I feel as though sometimes people ask me questions about Instagram and I've I've never really had a strategy. I've just posted stuff and then, uh, and then, uh, and then it's like people seem to have liked it. So I've never, I've never like, other than I think like me using the same like set of twenty hashtags for the last five years. Other than that, I, think <laughs> I was, good, I was just going to say, so there's no insights for essential hashtag strategy to get fifteen thousand followers. No, just post stuff that people like. No. I think also, yeah, post stuff that people liked. Uh, I think Harapan gave a really good answer to that, right? He said that Mm -hmm. when you post something, make sure it's novel and make sure that uh, it gets accessible within kind of 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, but I don't even use that. I just post what I want. (laughs) (laughs) I think it helps. It helps having some friends that have much larger accounts that then repost your stuff. Sure, but other, sure. but otherwise, like yeah, I, I don't, and also that's not very good advice because how are you going to make friends with all those people? You know, I don't <laughs> you know. Just try. I don't yeah, know. be nice. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, be nice. I think is probably the it's probably the strategy I've used. There you go. That's a good strategy. Yeah. yeah. Um, now you're in like a cool kid card gang with the likes of Mailing and Christian Grace, etc. I kind of imagine your life is like a playing card orientated version of Friends with all sorts of shenanigans <laughs> happening. Is that sure. true? And if so, who is Ross? Hmm. Oh man, that's a good question. I, th- I think it is, it is a fairly like playing card orientated existence, particularly at the moment, because that's like all we do. The main people that I hang out with are Christian, a guy called Ross Taylor, um, a guy called Alex Hansford, and a guy called uh, Brad Hodgins. And then, uh, oh, and also Jack Ty. So, the, so those are my kind of like my main group of friends. And they, uh, we, we kind of just hang out and meet up and do all of that kind of stuff. I guess Ross would be the closest thing we have to a Ross. Ross Taylor, maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Same name, works. <laughs> now, you've got really buttery smooth hands. Um, what's your secret? to the smoothness that you utilise when you're doing slides? I think it came from knowing that it can be done that way. So 
a huge inspiration of mine is Tony Chang, and mm-hmm. he's about as buttery smooth as it comes in terms of sure. doing the really, really technical stuff incredibly well. I, I, I've never reached his level, but um, yeah. So, so, and he said he said something that was really interesting to me, which was focus on the transitions. He said something on a, I think it was maybe on a podcast or something. I can't remember where I picked up from, but he says, focus on the transitions. So what you're doing before and after a move, because most people just practice the move over and over and over again, but the transitions in between are almost as important as the actual slide itself. And then I also think that, um, I try and just make a slight fit my hands so often in magic i think people stop at like how other people do it and then they go oh i can't do it because i've got small hands or oh i can't do this because my hands don't work in that way and then i just right. work pretty hard to get to get it to work within my hands and just figure okay, out so, kind of the minutia of it so talk about that how how do you do that so say you're you're working on it let's take a, a dps and you're working yeah. on a dps and you've 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 got your erdnays and you've done that and you mm. It's not, it doesn't feel right in your hands. It doesn't it doesn't look right. What what do you do to make something fit your hands, as you say? I'll go, I'll go through the process that I use if I if I'm picking up yeah, a slide because that that might be interesting. So I normally start out with a slide and I try and get as many resources on it as I can. So mm-hmm. that would be people that I know are good at it, maybe talking about it, asking them about it. That would be my first port of call, like before I even went to literature and things like that. So. If I if I know somebody that's good at it, I'll ask them and ask them to either teach me or if they have any insights. That would be step number one. Step number two is to go to the literature and just mine out as much as I can. So if the if it's the diagonal palm shift, there's Vernon's got something on it. Uh, Ricky Smith has got something on it. Uh, Tony had something on it on a blog ages ago that I think's come down. Obviously, there's the Erdnays one. And so you collect all of these resources. Oh, the other one that's really good is Dennis Kim's version. Um, so collect all of those resources and then pick and choose the bits that you think um, will work for how you want it to look and then uh, yeah practice it and just kind of play about with it and my practice when I specifically talking about slights is I will film myself doing it over and over and over again and then watch back to the one that worked best and then use like on my phone just use the little slider to go almost frame by frame and just see what the difference is between that one and then another one and then just work it out so it's very much kind of like a uh like marginal gains mm-hmm. like approach to it as opposed to like taking kind of any one style and then just uh do it it's kind of like a modular thing i guess um so uh, talk about that process uh with the video stuff do you learn each person's the Erdnays, the Vernon, the the different people's versions, and then video them and look through them, or do you amalgamate it before you start videoing? So normally I find which one I want, um, and then kind of learn that before then amalgamating and taking pieces from other people. It might be easier if I go through like the process from start to finish. Sure. If if I if I was like so, if we take the diagonal palm shift as an example. The first one that I think I came across was the long thumb version, uh, which was the Vernon's one. Uh, And then from there, I 
found about Ricky Smith's and Tony Chang's and all of those people and then just kind of like added the bits and pieces that either made the slide easier or made the slide feel more relaxed or whatever it is, I would then add those on top. But it, I think it stems from the place of wanting the slight to not look or feel like a slight. It just feels like whatever action you're doing. So I normally start from that place really of what's the action that I'm doing. So is it placing the cards down on the table, uh, handing the deck off to be shuffled, um, you know, cutting the cards to the table, all of these actions can be used, but it's whatever action I'm using in that moment. You you kind of want, you don't want people to go, oh yeah, that's a really nice diagonal palm shift. You want to just place the cards down on the table <laughs> and then, uh, sure. yeah, and then have it. Sure, okay, but if, to press you on that, mm. if what what you actually want to do is steal the card from the deck without anyone sure. seeing, right? Yeah. That's That's the goal. So then... Are you are you sitting there thinking, okay, I want to I want to palm the card, steal the card out, and working out the most suitable action to cover the? I don't quite get the. Gotcha. I don't quite get the the starting point of cutting the cards or handing the cards to someone. Mm. Surely the starting point is stealing the card and getting it into the palm that you want. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so obviously you start with the move. So just the mechanical aspect of it. But where, like, a part of me building the mechanical aspect of it, or like trying to research the mechanical ma- mechanical aspect of it, is the action I want to com- want to do. So if it's a diagonal palm shift, my normal go-to is just placing the cards down on the table. So I'll think about it from that point. So that kind of rules right. out anything where the hand is pulling the card back through the deck. Instead, I want to mm-hmm. move the hand forward. So anything that any kind of mechanical aspect that makes that aspect easier, gotcha. then 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 it uh, then I'll factor that in. Um, anything that maybe speeds it up, but without adding tension, also mm-hmm. I'll add in. So yeah, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk in like specific detail about moves, but yeah, uh, only magicians yeah, are gonna only yeah, magicians okay. are gonna listen to this. Is it's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. So so if we start from the uh, the Vernon one. The Vernon one has this like double action, which I don't really like. So he has like a squaring action. Oh, that kind of rocking yeah, thing. Yeah, a squaring action, then a stealing action. But the way that I square cards, it doesn't allow for that. Like I just, I just normally square the deck and then lay the cards down. So I then found uh, Ricky Smith's version, which is to take the to take the deck and then basically just in one action place it down to the table. And then uh, added in elements of Dennis Kim's, which is like a really smooth, uh, like stealing action and feels as though nothing happens. But then I've added Mm -hmm. in, obviously, a load of my own kind of touches. And a lot of my own touches come from what I'm doing before and after, which again ties into what that thing that Tony Chang talked about, like the transition stuff. So how your hand sits after you drop, you know, like if I place the cards down on the table, do the real action then observe what my hands are doing and also that's a really good practice technique as well if you're doing sure um if you're doing like uh, practicing slights is to do the real action and then do the false action so if you're doing a false cut do what you do the actual cut and then do the false cut with a you can apply that to all of the steals by just doing like i'm going to place the cards down on the table what do my hands do afterwards what are they doing beforehand you know if i were to do the move for real and how could I mirror that when doing the slide? That's smart. Yeah. 
Something else I'm interested in is how you modernise effects. Um, so take your designed mm. for laughter, for example, based on the Royal Road classic. Yeah. What's the story behind your version? Because it's a trick I used to do all the time as a teenager, but I had kind of left it behind, maybe, because mm. the glide. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I've got a few different versions of that trick, so I kind of pick and choose which ones I do. But in terms of modernising effects... I think it just comes from a point of like just continual improvement. So my background, like what I trained at uni was design and we were taught to kind of try and innovate always. And so I think it just comes from that place. And then also you see like every every magic trick, uh, you know, has already been released almost. It's very rare that you see particularly a card trick that's a completely and utterly new effect. So it's a uh, like you you just can't, like you as soon as you're able to recognize innovation it's just finding out either what works for your hands or just more modern or better interpretations because i mean i can't remember the exact date the royal road came out but it's hugh garden browie so what is it like 30s 50s that that yeah. book came out yeah, yeah 50s i think but I'm yeah. not sure so so there's 50 to, well now now 70 70 years of if, if yeah, it came yeah. let's say it came out in 1950 there's 70 years of public public uh public publicated work within magic and surely you know like you can find something to replace the glide uh and normally like that that tends to find it oh I, at least i tend to find it's it's a little bit better or works better in my hands i don't know like sure. i think works better in my hands is is like i'm not going to go against Hugh Garden Browie on their, their, <laughs> their choice of slights because I mean the you know the Royal Road is one of my favourite books even still, um, so yeah. Yeah, what 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 other highlights are there for you in the Royal Road? I hear you're rereading it at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely love it. Um, so there's a few different ones. I I love Design for Laughter. I love a trick called Thought Stealer, which is pretty close to the start of the book. Uh, which is a trick where you uh, you basically spread the cards, they see a card and then are able to spell it, spell to their card. So it's just like a thought, almost like thought of card spelling trick. And so I'm, uh, there's also like a, a, a few different things. There's like a reverse, cards reversing in the deck trick that I really like from it. And there's loads of stuff. I don't want to give too much away because I'm working on <laughs> variations of different <laughs> stuff from it. But um, but but I think I think the thing that a lot of people people consider it a beginner's book, um, the Royal Road. And I've been rereading it recently because all of the things that I'm I now start to appreciate now that I've I've kind of approaching ten years in magic, which again is is I guess fairly new in comparison to some of the people uh that obviously sure. are, yeah are highly respected but all of the things like handing a deck out so that somebody and then what asking them to shuffle them while they're thinking of a card and then asking them to take that thought of card out of the deck and pass you everything back now that as a selection process is, is to me at least feels so much better than just take one mm -hmm. and so and all of that stuff is in the royal rose like it's, it's it's in a lot of the tricks even with the description of um, if you do this selection process, the person will know they've had a free choice and the spectators around them will think it's a thought of card. Right. And all of that stuff is, is in the Royal Road. Like, it's in there. So I think it's quite an advanced book 
you and you just don't appreciate all of those kind of like little nuances until you maybe have had a few years under your belt or you've performed a bit more because i when i first read it i was like yeah none of this is oh this is rubbish why are you handing out cards you know just get somebody to take one <laughs> whereas now it's you know having an appreciation of like almost like having a much more hands-off approach or seemingly hands-off approach sure what are some other books you think that everyone interested in curve magic should read Hmm. All of like the you know what are considered the classics of card magic. So Royal Road, Expert Card Technique, the Lepaul book is brilliant. Um, I've got my shelf behind me. Oh, let me let me peer back. <laughs> yeah, do let it. Let me see. Um, card Control. I really like. A book that I've constantly been recommending recently is the Paul Curry Beyond's World book. I think that's uh-huh. really amazing. And yeah, that hasn't been given much credit, I don't think. Yeah, it's really, really good. Well, it's been out of print and for until a couple of months ago. If you're getting more advanced, like By Forces Unseen is just a treasure trove of really technical slides. I don't really use them much when I perform, but they're, they're still like super fun to play around with. My spies tell me, as Homer would say, you also play the saxophone. We've had many guests on the show that are musicians as well as magicians. Do you think they relate in some way? Does your love of jazz influence your approach to magic? Hmm. I don't think my I don't think the jazz aspect influences me as much as I'd like to think. A very pretentious <laughs> way of putting it. But um <laughs> but I definitely think the uh, music teaches you how to practice. Right. And I think that that ties in with magic really well. So I think, uh, like, you know, knowing that you're going to get better if you do scales for an hour, Mm -hmm. you know, or you practice the same piece of music for two months. It it just teaches you kind of that you've got to grind stuff out in order to get there. And I think that that, particularly with sleight of hand card magic or sleight of hand coin magic you do seem to see those uh, parallels like somebody who, who who just has an understanding of how to practice sure sure mm. uh, who are some card people that we might not have heard of that you think we should pay attention to oh and goodness. i can put links to their instagrams in the uh, show notes. <laughs> yeah sure god this, that puts me on the spot um when when you say people that you wouldn't that you wouldn't necessarily know, do you mean? Okay, forget. Let me rephrase the question. Okay. Who are some who are some magicians that you like that we should pay attention to on Instagram? Oh, on Instagram in particular. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the obviously all my mates are like Christian Grace, uh, who's Christian Grace Magic. Uh, Disgruntled Puffin is a guy called Jack Ty who does like a load of gambling stuff, and he's a really excellent magician as well. Like unbelievable technique, really, really good. Uh, Alex Hansford, who I think goes by Watch Alexander. Uh, Ross Taylor, who goes by Conjuring, um, uh, Maverick Conjuring. And then beyond that, I'm a bit out of the loop on Instagram, if I'm completely honest. Uh, <laughs> Quiet Clicks is always really good. Oh, there's a guy called John Galsworthy, who is absolutely amazing who's really, really amazing. Like, technique, like, some of the most unbelievable technique I've ever seen. Um, who else would it be? People I talk to. Uh, there's a guy called Nick Flo from Russia, 
who's really amazing. He uh, he has an account called Pandemic Slights, which I don't know how uh, easy it is to like access, but it's 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 pretty amazing the stuff that he does. Well, that's a very good list. And uh, who are some people that maybe you'd wished that you'd got to see perform before they passed away? Oh, my goodness. So many. So, so many. Pat Page being the main one, I think. I really, really wish I got to see him perform live. Um, who else would be amazing? I, all of the all of the kind of the classics and greats. Uh, also, Gabby Pereira's, who died tragically recently yeah uh, like uh, uh, which is unbelievably sad but i I, ne- I never i never even got to sit down with him i never got to see him perform so i yeah i was i was pretty upset about that because i i perform some of his material like right. i do his i do his seven card monty routine the one that's in uh his adaptation of the jose Car- uh, jose carol trick mm-hmm. um which is unbelievable and i do that i do that fairly regularly so i think that's a and yeah, he's his obviously thinking and philosophy inspired so a lot of the people that I I'm inspired by. So that was a that was a pretty pretty hard one. Um, who else? Roy Walton. I never got to hang out with, and uh, I was going to be up in Scotland for a period of time uh, before the pandemic hit, uh, yeah. and was going to go and, and see him. So yeah, there's there's a ton of people that I, you know, I'd love to love to have seen Vernon at his peak. Uh, yeah, so kind of all of the greats really I've, that I've missed out on now you recently released some downloads with us uh, mm. let's talk about that window change first off can sure. you describe it for anyone that hasn't seen it yeah um, I designed it to look like you place the deck in your hand and you have a card face up on top of the deck you wave your hand over the top and then that card changes just just by waving your hand in front of it. Um, so the idea is that your hand never really goes near the deck or seemingly go, never goes really near the deck. So it's what I would call a one-wave change. There's no, uh, there's no way uh, that it appears as though you could have stolen that card uh, and then replaced it. You, could, you only ever just see the change happen. How, how did the move come about? Um... I was sitting on a train and I went, I, I was just fiddling about and I think I just kind of did the action of the of the train itself. And I was like, oh, that would look really cool. And I just happened to be sitting with uh, the reflective window of the train and I was mm-hmm. looking into it and then saw it and I was like, oh, that looks really good. And then I just, <laughs> co- just continued to work on it until it sinks. I had, a, it, would, it would be a miss if I didn't say I had... The philosophy, like, I think it's Tony Chang's philosophy of that, like, trying to get rid of the stealing action. Um, sure. So I think I think that, like, a huge part of that. So I had that knocking around inside of my head. And then I eventually evolved the window change into what it became. And at the same time, you released the, the Curry turnover download. Why mm. did you want to tackle... Why did you want to tackle that move? Uh... I think that again, going through going through Beyond Worlds, and then I saw the I, I I loved the idea of changing the card with one hand in that way on the table, but 
a lot of them had never really felt like you were turning whenever I've seen it done never really feels like you're turning over the card exactly as I would turn over a card which is kind of the way I do it on the download and so for that reason I just worked at it and worked at it and worked at it and then figured out a way that I it looked more like what I would do and that's a really good example of what I was talking about with the diagonal pawn shift I started with the move and then I tried to emulate my own action uh, so I sure. tried to emulate my own turning action then realized like okay so I kind of like maybe turn it in such a way that and then maybe I could figure out how I could adapt that and then it became what you see in the download perfect now, you've been announced as one of our guests for the session next year. Mm. Uh, as you know, it's going to be a little bit different because of the COVIDs. And it's going to of course. will be happening in Meatspace, but later than usual in the year and a very limited number of physical attendees. But it's also going to be streamed live, which is going to mm. open it up to so many more people. Um, uh, what are you going to be sharing with attendees there? Uh, I haven't really decided yet. <laughs> oh, OK. It's a, it's a, it's a little bit uh, uh, of a way off uh yeah so um yeah I'm, I'm kind of kind of just figuring out what that will be i think if i'm completely honest it will probably be uh some things in line with stuff that i've released already so it'll probably be me tackling some sleight of hand and stuff and then maybe doing something a little bit more hands-off i'm not sure yet but I, i'm mm. i'm I'll, I'll go th- i'll go through the repertoire and see what see what i'm willing to give up <laughs> how's the pandemic been for you for your practicing and your learning, have you enjoyed the time that you've had to devote to practice or are you kind of itching to get out and perform? At the start of the pandemic, it was, I found it quite an enjoyable experience having the excuse to do what I normally do, which is just to stay in and work on <laughs> slime hand, which is great. Um, but I am, I am, I am a very sociable person. I do, I, I, I do love performing. The stuff that I think there's a there's a nice thing, which is that I think a lot of people think of me as like a really slight heavy guy when I perform. And there are aspects of that when I when I when I do perform that I, I will use technical moves, but I use them sparingly. And uh, when I perform it, I tend to try and get it so that I may be using one or two slights, but the rest of the time I I'm, I'm really hands off. Right. Uh, so it feels as though the cards are in the spectator's hands the entire time. So a lot of my repertoire is based on stuff that I can only practice if I've, if I'm, if I am performing, or if sure. I, if I do have the ability to like hand people, you know, packets of cards or hand people the deck. And so I've come up with a load of stuff that's more in line with that style of magic as opposed mm-hmm. to the Instagram stuff. And then also I've been taking a bit of a break from Instagram just because, uh, I don't know, I felt like I just needed to reset a bit and sure. I'm, I'm coming back soon. So like I've got, I've got a few things filmed, but, uh, yeah, I've just been, I've just been taking a break from that. So it's now more frustrating that I can't go out and perform all of this material. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So, um, my spies also tell me that you're a great cook. What's your uh, go-to Saturday night meal to impress? <laughs> um, I don't know. Do you know? Do you know what? I've stolen most of my recipes from Ross Taylor. Ah. Is yeah. So he is a phenomenal cook. He is he is amazing vegan cook. And so a lot of my best dishes are 
literally thinks I've just stolen from him. But I've got like I've I've got my family love cooking, so I've 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 kind of we we we're a very food centric family, so that's that's probably where it came from. But then yeah, it would be it would be Ross's uh, ragu recipe, which is just unbelievable. A vegan ragu. Yeah, it's really good. Mm. Mm. What's next for slightly obsessed? Hmm. Do you mean the account or me in general? No, you. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Like, I think just just to keep releasing magic and still try and figure out how I can earn a living, given the current situation, I think is is probably that's the a, main goal. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good goal to have. That's a good yeah. goal to have. Um, yeah. We always finish the show, Andy, with four quick-fire questions. Are you ready? Yes. Favourite pizza topping? Uh... I normally go for a margarita, but with fresh basil. Mm, nice twist. Mm. See, it's, it's like, just like your slides, just slight twist <laughs> just, on the twist on the little, classic little thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, favorite movie? Oh. goodness. Godfather Two is that a terrible thing to say? No, Godfather. No, yeah, Godfather Two. Yeah. Godfather Three would have been a terrible thing. Yeah, to say. that. No, you are. You are absolutely <laughs> correct. <there. laughs> no, yeah, God, Godfather Two is probably favorite, my favorite movie. Favorite people or persons? Oh. Favorite people or person who makes music? Oh, um, there was a guy called Matt Corby, who is a singer-songwriter from Australia, who makes amazing music. And finally, who would you rather fight? One massive Andy Gladwin or a hundred tiny Josh Jays? Uh, I'll, take, I'll, take, I'll take Andy. Okay. Yeah. Andrew Frost, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for putting up with the somewhat annoying technical issues that we had today. Not and um, I look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, you too, man. Hopefully, hopefully in person. That'd be nice. <laughs> you yeah. take care. Yeah, you too.